everybody to the Behind the Curtain Series 2022. We're back. We're running it back. It's the sequel. It was uh, it was a lot of fun last year, and I'm really, really excited to get into it again this year. Got a lot planned. I'm not going to ask anybody where their head is at. It's going to be a, a new and improved situation here. Uh, and I'm very pleased to announce that Frazier is making his Season 7 debut in our first Behind the Curtain. Glad to be back. A little R&R does the body well. This is a tough labor job so we're we're back and feeling good ready to go yeah it really is you know you gotta get those spa sessions and the rehab and it's it's, now it sounds like you know it's it's a little bit too much for you and caleb this weekly grind (laughs) stuff i don't know if uh, i don't know you know we (laughs) We got some rumblings that the contracts are there's clauses (laughs) being written in for an every other week situation you know, we, we got together, we, we thought four would maybe get a little crowded, and we thought this could be a nice little alternative, get us, yeah. keep everyone fresh. Maybe yeah. even I'll uh, I, jump in and host one. Well, hell yeah, you gotta, you gotta host one, of my, you gotta host one at least, because I'm gonna be it's under true. the microscope here, and I'm not looking forward to it, because it's a transitional moment for the money makers, but that is why this is so exciting. Because last year, behind the curtain, it was great. Everybody getting involved, getting on, talking about their teams, where are we at, how are we doing. But this year, this year has potential to be game-changing for some franchises that have been kind of shut out for a little while. Or maybe, uh, in our case today, an expansion team that is really just taking his first steps into a full-blown sprint and how do we get there, Colin? How do we get there? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. No days off over here in the Baressa household. You got fire starters. You, you're filling in last week for web. You got everything. You're you're a real seasoned pro. I mean, you got more stamina than Caleb. Obviously, <laughs> you've proven that time and time again. But he's just in a he's an elite three and D guy. You can just put him in any system, and he works. That's what I'm saying. Six man of the year. I just just <laughs> on the bench. You know, I'm always warm. Whenever you need to to call your your boy up, I'm I'm ready. Hands are high. I'm ready to take some shots. Space is the floor. Well, <laughs> I hope you're ready to field an onslaught of questions uh, today because I had to make a decision. I, I was I teased this on the handle today. I. You know, I'm I'm kind of getting sick of this wholesome journalism business. I don't like that. I'm I'm thinking about going full TMZ this season. I haven't decided yet, but uh, I, I, what I'm trying to say is there's no free passes this year, and that's starting with behind the curtain. We are going to get under the skin and figure out what is going on with the dynasty team. So I'm going to ask you this: Are you ready for that? Oh, I can handle the heat. Okay. I want okay. I want these to get uncomfortable. I, me too. I want some awkward silences, maybe a storm off somewhere in here. I mean, that's what I'm looking for. Um, but okay, the first thing I want to th- that I want to talk about here. Uh, we you you were talking about him already before we started, and there's a reason for that. He is the f- current face of your team. His name is Devonte Smith, and that was a player that 
was linked to you and the dynasty team in the draft cycle last year. And you moved down the board a couple of times. You were positioning, ultimately ended up with Devontae at five. There was rumors that you would have taken him at two. So we're, we're a year removed now uh, from that whole situation almost. So I want to get your take on it at this point in time. The, the board movement, the pick, the, the rookie season, break it all down for me. Yeah, so last year I was sitting at two, and it was kind of a debate between Pitts and Devontae Smith were my, my two top targets, and I made the decision that I wanted to go with Devontae. And so there were some people that were also interested in Pitts, and I expressed interest in moving down because I knew there were also Najee and Javante in that top area that were getting buzz. So... I mean, me and Tim had a conversation, me and Caleb, and then me, Riley, and Caleb had a little group chat going. And so Tim and I ended up making a trade, and I, I moved down one spot. And then Caleb's like, I just want to move up to guarantee that I get Najee. And I was like, hey, I'll take more picks to keep moving back. I'm still getting the same guy that I was going to get at that spot, so I might as well accumulate more assets. And looking back, I probably should have waited on that until draft night just to make Caleb more uncomfortable to make him like feel like he needs to make that trade to get more assets out of him but you know good guy that I am I uh, (laughs) pulled pulled the trigger and uh, so ended up at five got my guy I mean I'm happy with the the rookie season Uh, obviously could have been better not a high volume passing team with Hertz at the helm I would like them to get a more active thrower um, but as they develop chemistry and kind of get in sync and as Hertz develops as a passer, if they don't go with a different quarterback, I feel like the only way to go is up. And so, yeah, I've, I've liked pretty much everything I've seen out of Devontae Smith. I don't see much wrong. I mean, the size thing is pretty overblown. He didn't have much problems with that. He was open all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really happy with Devontae. I think you did really well, even if you did regret not waiting till draft day because i did just notice today looking back at those picks that you accumulated by moving back one of them was 2.01 uh which yeah. you then used to flip into one of those coveted 23 firsts so all that from just kind of taking those opportunities as they came up and moving back and accumulating those picks and then you never know what can happen on on draft day absolutely yeah, I think there was a little bit of pushback at the time from at least a few people um, with the with the move down the board. You know, could you get more? But it's like at, on the at the same time, it's like you're taking this guy no matter what. Yeah. And so it's like whatever you get is is simply a bonus on top of anything uh, if you're sitting there and taking him. So. Um, the point that I do kind of agree with, and this is a league-wide thing, and I'm very interested to see what happens this year because I think a lot of people were very transparent last year with their draft process, and you had situations where there wasn't as much uncertainty around some of these picks, and guys were just feeling very comfortable. I mean, we had that that late surge with the positioning but it was positioning with with certainty. It was like I'm getting this guy at this spot, uh, and and nobody was really sweating it out. So I wonder if that's going to change this year 
uh, because it, it, it a it's a far more uncertain board in general, and b I think people are you know maybe a little bit like hey, I, I could have got more for this pick or wh- whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that kind of to your point there. You could have waited a little bit. Yeah, last year was was odd with that because there's and I think it might just be a one year phenomena with the way that it ended up where you had me and Tim at the top and then you had Caleb just the obvious. Uh, playoff team looking for a running back I think it just kind of ended up like that so I I definitely agree that this year is going to be I think we might see a return of the smoke return of the smoke and I'm not even gonna I'm not going chronological this year either we're just hopping around and I'm jumping right into it 2022 draft season because that's I mean we're going to talk about how the team performed and all that jazz but it's 2022 right now and the focus for this team is a the future but b the draft that's coming up you're deep into it i you know i know you're grinding the tape this year you're in it and you're showing up with scouting reports and a briefcase (laughs) at the gala i mean you got it all figured out already it seems like so that's what i'm gonna ask you right now where are you at with the number one pick right now is this uh is this something where you're you're kind of you know you got a guy already or is this a, a gonna be a long process well uh i remember dan tweeted something and it was something along the lines of uh if you think you know anything about the draft this is where you are i can't remember the, the chart that it was <laughs> yes. i can't think of the yeah. name of I the chart just said you're dumb. The mountain of stupidity or something? Yeah. Mountain the, of, the, yeah. Valley, the valley of, like, <laughs> ignorance or whatever. <laughs> and so I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have it all figured out because there's a lot of uncertainty ahead. There's still the NFL draft, which is the biggest forebear of value uh, because, you know, anybody – you think you have a guy and then he gets – he falls to the third round of the NFL draft. And it's like, ah, shit. <laughs> like, I, I thought, and then somebody gets drafted by the perfect team and it's, it changes your mind the other way. It happened kind of with Jalen Waddle last year where he was really high on some people's boards, 101 potentially. Then he goes to the Dolphins and people feel kind of weird about it. And then he falls to seven in our draft. And it, it kind of happened with Devontae Smith also with the Eagles landing spot and pairing with Jalen Hurts. So, it, like, I, I'd like to think that I have a handle on it, but in all reality, the the NFL draft and you know minicamp and all that stuff, the combine still hasn't happened yet. So there's nothing that I have nailed down. I am like looking at wide receiver just based on the makeup of my team, but I mean, if one of these running backs lands in an ideal perfect position, like who knows? Because that's just pocketing value to maybe shell out later at a deadline or something and just rake in more and more and more stuff. So I, it's it's all open in, in the Dynasty team. I mean, I love having all of the options open to me at 101 and not knowing what I'm going to do with it yet. It's it's nice. This guy's a, a pro at uh, just walking around that question without giving up too much info yeah. there, just a veteran of the game. The PR team for the Dynasty team is working overtime, providing the the stock answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Okay, let me ask you this: uh, 
is there a guy is there a guy right now and and keep in mind you can be you can you can be a stand-up guy like you mentioned you are earlier or you can take this opportunity in february to already pump a little bit of smoke into this room so you can take this any way you want to but is there a guy that's uh leading the way at one well like i said i i'd like to lean receiver if i (laughs) if i could and we all know the the big names at the receiver position. There's my my top three would be Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Traylon Burks. So I I'm not uh, it kind of depends where all they all them end up. But I'm I'm liking Drake London more the more that I watch of him and just the the straight production that he put up. But I don't know. I, I I'd say Tra- Traylon Burks is a freak, and so it'd be nice to see him get a good landing spot. Now drop the Garrett Wilson tidbit that he's also good, so you oh. cover all the bases. <laughs> well, you know, I took Devontae Smith last year. I really like the route running receivers. Yeah, Him, he's... Darnell Mooney, and Devontae Smith would be a nice little trio of uh, sweet feet receivers. I was gonna, hey, man. I was gonna say if I was doing a mock, I'd, I'd look at the, I'd look at uh, Mingo's prototypes. I don't think Colin had one yet. <laughs> I, I did. I don't have one. He's the man of mystery. If there were one, I think it'd be like Garrett Wilson. It's, it's true. That is, I I, I was uh, texting with Mingo earlier, and I kind of said that I was like, you know, I I do really like these guys. With uh, I I have uh, like Judy and Calvin Ridley in my other league. It's like it's kind of my type. I don't know. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't envy you. I'll say that. Number one this year is a it's a tough spot. I mean, you get to have your pick of the litter, but that also brings up I'm gonna just my my last kind of follow up to that question. Do you consider a trade down this year? Is that something that's on your radar? I mean, you're not obviously doing that tomorrow, but is that has that been, you know, crossed your mind at all? Everything's on the table. <laughs> Where you know we're we're not adverse to making moves in in the dynasty team kitchen. I you know every everything's cooking all at once and everything will get done at a different time. If you want to throw me some more ingredients, I can make a meal. <laughs> wow, there there's gonna be so much smoke this year. I've already heard that <laughs> the top player on Tim's board at the moment is not one of the consensus top two that we've had in web for a few months now. So that could get interesting. <sighs> Um, yeah, yeah. It's all over the place, man. I mean, that they don't. We don't even know how to mock it in the NFL. I mean, nobody knows what the what because you it's pick your flavor. Like mm-hmm. like we're talking here, route running. You probably like Garrett Wilson, big dude who can catch everything. Drake London, athletic freak. Burks. I mean, mm-hmm. hello. That see that was the next step of the tendencies project was to like try to line it up with guys in this class, but. Ooh. I yeah, I already spent way too much time working on that <laughs> this weekend. That that was elite. Thank that you. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I want to get the running backs in there too. Hopefully, so. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, a uh, lot, uh, lots to obviously think about for the 2022 draft for for your squad, and it it's, it could be a defining moment for you. I'm gonna shift gears to a trade that I think it's overlooked because I think on the, um. The redraft pod, someone ran through your quarterbacks, and I don't think this guy was even mentioned um, when they picked a quarterback for you last year, and that's Deshaun Watson, Um, a trade that you made back almost a year ago now, right, as that all news started going down. So where's your (laughs) – 
Where's your head at? With oh, <laughs> <that> drink. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't drink. even trying to do that. Where are you at with this with that trade right now? How are you feeling on that front? Do you view him? You still think he's a long-term quarterback for this team, or is the long-term quarterback for this team, or is there some reservations about that now? Uh, I don't have reservations. I mean, I I made the trade kind of expecting him to not play at all last year and hoping that something gets figured out in a positive direction for him this year. So I, I'm I'm hoping for him to play this upcoming year, kind of, you know, figure his shit out, and then going forward, I assume he'll be a viable option for mm-hmm. the future because, I mean, QB5, basically every year he's played a full season. So I... Yeah, I, I mean, I I would expect if he plays, he's going to be just fine, and he'd be a future asset. He's was elite every time he played, and he's going to be on a bad team probably still. Uh, um, I don't know. Obviously, we have no idea if he's going to get traded, if he's going to stay there. But yeah, I mean, I I still feel like it's good value where what I got for him, or what I sent for him, and so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it all depends on what goes on with with his court case, but I I mean, yeah, if he plays next year, I feel good about it. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting too, because that was kind of your first like big like huge buy low kind of deal. Is that is that the kind of deal that we can expect to see from you in the future, taking advantage of those those value dips? Yeah, that's kind of where I was at with uh, trading for ETN as well. It's like. Mm-hmm just these distressed assets that people maybe don't want to deal with anymore or with in the case of Deshaun with Mingo, he's just like, I'm, I'm sick of paying attention to this and mm-hmm. I don't blame him because it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Tim, he's like, Oh, I want to get off of ETN, you know, it's foot injury, whatever. And so I'm like, Oh, you know, I'll take it, take a distressed asset. I mean, I'm not trying to win this year anyway, so it doesn't matter if I have him on IR sitting for the year. So, yeah, if I can get those guys rolling back next year, it'll be feeling pretty good to get some higher point totals on the board. I mean, that's the thing. You got guys waiting in the wings that haven't even played for your team at all yet. And, I mean, tra- the Travis Etienne trade, I mean, that that was such a great move for you. I mean, that is an exceptional trade. And, I, I mean, it it's one where you kind of wonder, like, it's the kind of thing where nobody's going to go to Tim at that price because I don't feel like anybody assumed that he was already that low on him. And for you to kind of be in a position where you would have loved, you would have loved to have the number six overall pick last year in your situation. And you just got it for a sec for a couple seconds. So, I mean, that is the epitome of a, you know, of, of great buy low of a savvy move. And, and that is, I mean, like I I'm I don't know if it's a question. I'm just here to tell you fucking great job on that <laughs> trade cuz thanks. Yeah, Tim just kind of threw him on the trade block and I, you know, just threw a text at him. I'm like, "What are you what are you looking to get in return?" And so it it was pretty easy from there. Uh but yeah, it was just I think I mentioned it before. It was just a matter of when the picks were going to happen. Yeah, and you uh you kind of moved on emotionally from the situation that occurred on draft night with Travis Etienne and a big reason for that was another trade that you made last year at this time 
when we did this and had this conversation, you still had James Robinson. We were asking you, how does this guy factor into your future? Obviously, you moved on. You got a first-round pick for that. So just, you know, take this opportunity to kind of walk us through the the James Robinson saga, (laughs) how that ended, and maybe, you know, say a piece about what he meant to your team. Well, James Robinson was my my one of my first waiver wire pickups. I was just, you know, scouring the the wire for anybody that started on an NFL roster with my pretty shitty uh expansion team and I was like, "Hey, it's either going to be him or Ryquell Armstead." And so, you know, luckily I got got lucky and it ended up being James Robinson and I was riding that wave, and then we were hitting a kind of fever pitch around trade deadline time, where it was like, "Are you going to trade James Robinson?" And I got uh, a cut, like the best offer in my inbox was uh, like Will Fuller and some stuff, and I was like, mm, "I feel like I can do better than that." I don't know, and the offer never came that I loved, and then I mean, we got to that behind the curtain, and he still hadn't gone anywhere, and then eventually. We ended up making that deal because uh, you you needed the the running back depth, and I was looking for a first back in the James Robinson deal, and uh, he was the the first captain of my team. I could say he he I was the identity of my team for my first season in Web, and I I appreciate everything he's done, and my my heart goes out to him with the Achilles, and I hope he kind of gets back as soon as possible and really like regains form and like actually keeps playing because it really fucking suck to see like a story like that get kind of burnt out by a, by a torn Achilles. But those are no joke. Kind of a process question related to that. If, if you could do the whole James Robinson saga over, would you do it any differently? Like, was there any, points during the summer when etn was still healthy that you kind of regretted not capitalizing on some of those offers that you got during the trade deadline period of last year two years yeah as as soon as they drafted etn i was like fuck like i was literally (laughs) i was sitting at at the bar and i was i was watching and the the only pick of the first round i cared about was the jags pick i was like if we can get beyond the jaguars pick (laughs) Without them taking a running back, then we're good. Like we, I'll be a happy camper, and then I can put James Robinson back on the trade block for the twentieth time, and <laughs> then maybe somebody will uh, give me the offer I want. And then I see Travis Etienne roll across the ticker, and I just like my whole night was ruined. And then like the Bears had just got Justin Fields, who was like my favorite quarterback prospect. And then fucking Travis Etienne went to the Jags and ruined my James Robinson stock. So I I was pretty pretty annoyed, and I didn't like Travis Etienne because of it. And I I, <laughs> I just shouldn't have personal vendettas for players because they got drafted somewhere. But uh, well, that's I did. What web's all about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I I mean. Yeah, it was. Uh, I got I got lucky with the the situation that ended up happening. Well, you got a first back, which was the good news. You're welcome for that. Um, Thanks. And you got quite a few of those lining up. Yep. Uh, you got three, not this upcoming draft, but the next one, and then in 2024 as well. So you got six firsts coming in here. 
plus the number one overall pick this year and number 12 this year. So you're set up pretty damn good uh, with, with draft capital, with incoming draft capital, a sort of miniature Tim uh, situation here where you're controlling a lot of, of the future draft stock. So what, what does that look like in practice? I mean, you're coming off of a season where you're the, the third lowest war plus of all time. I mean, it, it's hard unless your name is Tim and the insulin pens, it, it doesn't get any worse than this. So how do you build it up from here? You got the picks. What is the strategy over, you know, the next three years? What are you looking to accomplish? And how do you get this team to where you want it to be? I, so it's just capitalizing on value is all, all I'm trying to do, which is an easy thing to say. But it's like in this draft, the, the 101 happens to probably be a wide receiver. It's a pretty – it's a weaker running back class than the last couple. And so I get lucky here with 101 being in hopefully an elite wide receiver. And then I could probably grab another one at 112, fill up my receiver position. And then 2023 sounds like it's going to be a pretty good running back class. So maybe I can snag a running back or two in the first round of next year's draft, depending on where those picks lie. And then the 2024 picks become a little more expendable and maybe I can shell those out in a bigger trade to get a cornerstone piece and then uh, work around the edges with all the other picks. I got a, an interesting kind of thought provoking thing here related to that. And I think I, I just thought of it and I think I might just ask it to everyone cause I kind of like <laughs> it. Um, why don't you go through like the next three years and make, a a prediction of how many wins you'll have for each year. Oh god. <laughs> so, all right. So, 2022, I don't know. I I got a win this year. I feel like I'll be better than that next year. So, I I'll I'll give myself I'll put my over under at two and a half. I I might take the under, but I I'll put it at two and a half. And then uh 2023, I feel like I'll if I can add some running backs in that class, like I'd like to, and if I only win two games, maybe I can get that one-on-one, get Bijan Robinson, mm. add that in, and have him and ETN kind of rolling together. That'd be pretty sick. Get me up around that five-six range. Put me at five and a half, maybe. And then 2024, go all in. Say fuck it. Go trade for a star. You know, maybe C.D. Lamb, when he's a superstar wide receiver one, go shell out <laughs> a bunch of shit for him and uh, throw that on my team, and I'll be a 10-win team. Ooh. 10-win team. Nine and a half. I'll put it at nine and a half. 2024 is the year. There we go. That's the that's the Dave model right mm-hmm. there. Remember, it was like Dave was always saying, like, 2020, man, that's the year. And it's like 2017 or whatever. Was, yeah. He, I mean, but that's the thing. You, you, when you're in this sort of a position, like you're thinking about it. Okay. Like what do I, where do I realistically need to be? Because what the last thing you want is to get stuck in this like weird, you know, seven and seven zone where we've seen a few teams kind of top out there and they never really get past it. 
Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's important to think about those things and to set those sorts of goals because otherwise you just, you know, you can, it, it, it goes by fast. We're already seeing it. You know, it's like the, the league, like I mentioned, kind of at the top is uh, maybe on the verge of turning over a little bit. That creates a major opportunity for a team like yours where you have all this draft capital. You got some teams aging it out. You know, we're, we're obviously going to adapt the way that we can, but you already have the upper hand in, in that department. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be wild. 2024, man, I'm ready. Dynasty team, <laughs> sign me up. All right. So we we talked about – I think we talked with Tim about this a little last year, about kind of just the toll of losing, um, especially this year with only one. Uh, how did – How'd the year go for you with just taking L after L after L? Did it get a little uh, discouraging at all? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say discouraging. Because, I mean, the, the goal was to sit at 101 at the end of the year. So I, I met that goal. But it it it's shitty seeing every week it being like 150 to 225. It's like, Jesus Christ. But, <laughs> like, having Devontae Smith have have big weeks was always like ah oh, nice and like darnell mooney was just a like a shining star in my life just seeing him go crazy and like jeffrey simmons off the wire was nice to see and kaiser white is seeing the tackle numbers stack up so it, it was more about watching kind of what individuals would pop and like combing the wire constantly and watching plenty of games just to see like oh there's a guy that maybe I could throw on my team for two weeks and see if he does anything. And then if he doesn't, then he gets cut. And if he does, then he ends up being like, you know, one of these guys, Christian Wilkins. Well, you mentioned, I mean, some of these guys on your defense, I mean, you got, you had some names Kaiser and, and the, and the rest, but uh, the defense this year was the 11th ranked, and last season it was the 10th. I mean, it's no surprise coming out of expansion, but uh, what what's the game plan for the defense? I mean, that's something where, you know, we've seen a team like Tim kind of accelerate his, his growth in that department and, and make some moves to add guys there. What is your philosophy on the defensive side of things? Well, my before the season, it was... I feel like I could get good enough value off of the wire to uh, patch together enough. But obviously you see with the elite teams that they have real assets kind of sent into that defense. And so, I, I mean, I think the second round is really ripe for defensive rookie picks. Uh, And I don't know if I'm going to be trading for any defense anytime soon but i'm gonna keep combing the wire for linebackers because basically anybody that starts is a solid tackle producer generally and so you just got to keep throwing those waivers down and hoping one of them hits and then i i mean anybody that is a linebacker that gets db eligibility just throw a waiver on that guy (laughs) is what we've learned so i i did I, i went out and i put the a uh, little taxi steal on Greg Rousseau. Mm. I was I'm pretty happy with how he did this year. He didn't play a ton of snaps, but performed pretty well when he did. And he he's a pretty elite prospect, one of the better athletes in last year's draft. 
and then ended up trading for Zayvon Collins and Joe Tryon. So I'm I'm kind of getting these guys that are lower in value at the time, shelling out some guys and just trying to grab them back in deals as kind of like, hey, will you, will you put this guy in the deal? You know, just like see, seeing who's willing to part with what when they're kind of making their all-in moves. Yeah, defense can be frustrating because it's like you can you can have a plan and it doesn't always work because all of a sudden you you have Zach Cunningham. I, I, I'm not, I don't mean to send a stray bullet at Tim. <laughs> I, I'm sorry that I'm choosing that player, but that's a perfect example of a, of a defensive player of the year t- style linebacker that just all of a sudden wasn't playing anymore. So, like, it's it's certainly not black and white to build an elite defense in, in web, but definitely mm-hmm. something we're all uh, struggling with. You never can fully see it coming either because Jordan Hicks kind of seemed like a candidate for that, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden he is just still full-time, holds yep. off the rookie. Yep. It's it's complicated. Um, well, you can't you you cannot talk about this team's the last 365 days of this team uh, without talking about your one singular singular win this season. And luckily enough, we, we had you on because it was, it was such a defining moment this season. Um, but like I said, we, we, can't, uh, we can't let this one slide on, on this episode. So the Dan win. I mean, a, a team that we watched it happen. He did end up running the distance <laughs> winning the championship but his he he uh hit the hurdle that was the dynasty team on that fateful day so uh you know knowing what we know now and the fact that he you know he's the champ do you have anything uh, to say to dan at this point uh gotcha <laughs> <laughs> he's the most recent person to beat Dan I think that makes him the second best team in web yeah he's the runner up <laughs> yeah obviously <laughs> clearly yeah no I mean uh, every dog has its day uh, broken clock is right twice a day you know blind squirrel something <laughs> this, you know all this, those things this big dog ate that day <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I was happy to uh, not finish winless I can tell you that that's nice yeah, I uh, you know all you can hope for is another 2018 where the league just can't figure itself out and your 150 every week is good enough to win 11 <laughs> games or whatever the hell <laughs> happened that year. Uh, which we might you know we, we might be in for a 2018 style year this year. I don't know. I don't know if we're quite there, but the league's gonna it's gonna look different for sure. Um, but definitely excited to see how the dynasty team progresses. It's year three. I gave you guys the shout out on the on the season finale. I said, "Look at my kids go!" <laughs> I'm so proud of you guys, and uh, you know, I'm I'm just excited to see because it, it's exciting stuff. Hearing hearing you talk about it, hearing where the team is headed, and all the draft picks that you have. I mean, the the future is certainly bright. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to just see. It. I I've been doing so much more thinking about 112 than even 101 right now. Hmm. and it's like that i feel like that's gonna make my draft more than 101 and then it's just like all thinking six months down the line and i i'm i i'm really really excited love it love fantasy football and yeah 
thinking about the 12th overall pick six months <laughs> in advance and losing sleep over it. <laughs> That's where we're at. Yeah. Running, running through a gazillion different scenarios of players yeah. that don't even have landing spots yet of exactly. where they might go in our fake draft. It's yeah, yeah, like fun. doing mock drafts and then basing <laughs> my value off of my mock draft that I did. And like, <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if this is how the board falls in real life, then I'm definitely – gonna be able to get him at one and then yep. this guy's gonna go five because then it's just like this yep. whole convoluted fucking thing yep i have all four of my picks mapped out and it's like it doesn't matter it's all gonna go away in two months it's true all right that just leaves one final order of business the first of the year Colin, I am turning over the microphone to you. You're no stranger to it at this point. You, you're a, a professional. So what do you have to say on the global platform to the league and to the world? I want to thank the web.com Dynasty League for being the greatest collection of fantasy talent in the world uh i want to thank our commissioners who both happen to be on this call uh, That's us. for being the greatest commissioners in all of fantasy sports i i do believe you two could run a professional sports league better <laughs> than some of the real commissioners that exist um and i just i'm i'm excited I'm just I, I I can't express how excited I am about just ha- having like Traylon Burks on my team, and I I didn't know if I that that I would feel this way three years ago before I met you, Mingo, and uh, now I'm in this league, and I am like riled up about drafting somebody, and I started a podcast about these sports things and. I'm inspired by you guys, and I appreciate everything. Thank you. It was beautiful. That was incredible. Two things. Yes. That was beautiful and, and great job, and really appreciate everything you just said. Number two, everybody listen to what Colin said, and now, okay, we're going to get past the sentimental. <laughs> I don't want 12 of these. <laughs> And I'm I'm sitting here. I'm getting emotional every time. Like, let's can. What did Tim say last year? Fuck Caleb or something. Yeah. Let's get let's get <laughs> he, Let's just say he speaks for everybody. Um, for that that portion. Hey Dan, fuck you! I got you, bitch. <laughs> he, he also got so emotional there that he forgot his media training and. Forgot to cover his 1.01 bases and had a slip of the tongue there. So you got to say or or Drake London or Garrett Wilson on your team or the best running back. Uh, we'll we'll see. I, I uh, may or may not have uh, something you know locked in, but I yeah, that's a good point. I got smoke screen today. It is yet to be seen if that will be released to the world, but <laughs> I my brain was put into a blender today about what is going to happen at 101. It appears that it could already be locked in, but I have no idea which way it's going, and I'm very confused. So I was I was desperately looking for the source of that that tweet from Mingo this morning and what that smoke screen could have been. So it was. <laughs> 
yeah it, it was it was not public information yet but uh, my sources have gathered that uh, something material may already be tied to the number one overall selection in February what, so that is what, what happened me you do you want to just release it to the masses let's do it uh okay okay all right you wanted me to do it <laughs> I'm doing it uh I got a text message today that said the number one pick is locked in and me i'm sitting here like i thought you were going to trade it i thought we were going to be going down to the wire on on july until july late july and you're going to be like sweating it out and who do i take you got this shit locked in and we haven't even had the nfl draft then he sends me a photo of an ohio state sweatshirt and i'm like you shitting me i don't think you're taking wilson but what if you are taking Wilson? And then he sent me an order confirmation. That was an order confirmation for the sweater. It's true. Then I got an order confirmation for an Arkansas sweater. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there were two purchases made, and I don't know who made which purchase. But I made I, know I made both of the purchases. Okay, so <laughs> there have been two separate purchases made. And I, I'm just, I don't know what to believe anymore. There is, there's monetary value tied to somebody who's being picked number one, but I don't know who it is. And I'm, I don't, I just don't know what to believe anymore. Next thing, there's going to be a receipt for a rented out gym or something like that. (laughs) And he's going to have a a setup in there similar to when the recruits pick the hats. Yeah. In front of him. Yeah, I gotta wait till my next paycheck to get my USC gear. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's it's gonna be a fun road. It is gonna be a fun road to the draft. We are too far away. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm already so ready. But um, all right. Well, Colin, it it is always a pleasure, and I, you know, it, this conversation was very illuminating. And, you know, while you are our first guest this year, let's not make that a yearly tradition. And granted how you're running things <laughs> over there, it doesn't seem like it will be. Uh, so, yeah, best of luck in 2022. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Hey, thanks. I, I love you guys. Let me know uh, if, if you ever need a shooter off the bench. <laughs> will do. Thanks, Colin. All right. Let's make it a great week.